Hello, everyone. My name is Illumide. And my name is Christy. And welcome to the Big Empty First podcast. <laughs> Did it cut out? <laughs> was there a delay? Is that yeah. why you paused? There was like a delay. Do you want to record it again? Sure. Okay. <laughs> Hello, everyone. My name is Illumide. And my name is Christy. And welcome to the Big Empty Purse podcast. I had even much more time in the pandemic. because What did you just call it? What, did I call it pandemic? Yes. Shit. <laughs> in this pandemic Lovato. So, Christy, what have you been up to since the last episode? I've been going through it because (laughs) I have apparently lost my ability to manage my work and social plans at the same time during COVID. So I haven't even been going through it for a good reason. I just like am seeing people again and going out and doing exactly what I was doing before. I'm just struggling. (laughs) There's no good reason. I think it's just how I am. I don't know. (laughs) There's not even a good story to tell. I'm just out here stressed for no reason. It do be like that. It's like, I've said this before, I think you leave one thing early only to get to the next thing late and you just keep like struggling that way. Yep. That's just a life. So that is what it is. Sorry about it. (laughs) Welcome back to the struggle. We've missed you. (laughs) I also had some family in town this weekend. My husband's family came to visit us. Oh God. We are very excited to now live in DC, which is like actually a city worth visiting with lots of great restaurants all around. Like the city is known for brunch and where do they want to go for breakfast the hotel restaurant stop it you better stop <laughs> the hotel that restaurant. stop it right now the, are you serious yes. what was the reason what was the reason <laughs> <laughs> they didn't want to struggle but they came all the way to dc and we ate at the the marriott restaurant <laughs> was the food at least decent enough no it was not good i mean you know what? i don't know why i asked that that tracks you know what i think you should warn people who visit you next time be like whatever we do we are not eating hotel restaurant food that's just a no-no there's so many restaurants in this city but it was really great his family are good people but they also have a habit of just wandering off which is not great in a city we'll be like walking around places and they just turn and start walking another direction oh it's like where where are you going you don't live here but like are they from regular sized metropolitan cities where they live live normally they're from connecticut the uh, hartford area <laughs> yep say no more yeah say no more that makes sense yeah. oh yeah they can't do that here yeah <laughs> <laughs> no what are they doing they just wander they just wander we like lose half of them and john's like and they're his failure he's like whatever leave them go figure it out <laughs> <laughs> I guess I've already gotten used to living in a city, even with the Panasonic, but we're like walking around DC and there's like a band playing. There's like, there's something going on. What What's going on? Do you know about this? Like, let's go see. And we're like, no, 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 no. It's just That's a just thing. A regular there's, Tuesday. there's things going on all over the place. I don't care. It's probably not interesting. No, I haven't heard of it. Don't make me stop. Oh man. <laughs> they are doing the touristy thing. Like, you know, there should be a handbook for people like that. There should be a handbook. Like do not stop for street bands. If we have an itinerary to meet up to, don't wander off. Don't stop to take unnecessary photos of things that are so commonplace just <laughs> let's <Yes>. go <laughs> but no you're exactly right the last time they were in town my mother-in-law made my father-in-law stop the car in the middle of an intersection to take a picture of the washington monument because there oh, no. aren't already many 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 pictures of the washington monument that are better than the one you're going to take on your phone through on the car phone. window in the middle of an intersection <laughs> you know now that you've brought this up let me just settle into this topic because let me tell you something <laughs> you know this bullshit that people do where they go on holiday and they spend the whole holiday collecting pictures rather than enjoying the said holiday Mm -hmm. i do not like that somebody explained it to me another way and said oh it's just about collecting memories so when you go back you can reminisce on the time that you had it's not so much for the actual content that's captured in the photo it's just so you can use that photo as an anchor point to remember the good time you had when you were on that holiday Mm -hmm. and i'm like i still don't buy that bullshit because let me explain something to you if i'm having a good time on holiday i'm not out here checking for my phone but for those of you who do it i love that for you but make sure you don't do that in a big city where it's a really busy intersection because (laughs) People in DC do not care about your photo. They will let you know. They don't care. <laughs> yep. One second. Beaker oh, is like chewing a bone. You have to chew your bone somewhere else. It's like that RuPaul lyric. It's my turn to chew the bone. Spread my legs like Sharon Stone. Did I dominate like Al Capone? I think it's Geronimo. It is. Yeah, it's Geronimo. But I did finally consume some content on like the past however many weeks. So I watched uh, the new James Wan. I watched the new movie that James Wan directed, Malignant. When you said that, my ears heard what I want to hear. I was like, 
is the new James Bond movie mm. out? I was like, how dare you have seen it? <laughs> but anyway, you said James Wan. Yes. All right, carry on. James Wan, W-A-N, the horror movie director. Who <laughs> is the, the one who directed the first two Conjuring movies, Insidious. Mm. Oh God, a bunch more. One of the best horror movie directors in the game right now. But And I'm like a big, big, big fan. Really big fan. But this movie was a wild ride. Oh, it was, good or bad? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Good or bad, yes. <laughs> Just yes. It was, I mean, it was one of those, like, it was purposefully over the top, but, like, mm. it was over the top. Like, it was, I don't know. It was just, like, a very mixed bag. The story seemed like not a lot of thought had been put into it. It was like somebody had some good ideas, but didn't bother to, like, follow through and make it a very consistent story. Oh, that's And the writing was not super. But there were also some really cool animation effects and some really cool practical effects that were like very effective and James Wan's style, just like his, the camera shots he gets and the way he frames shots are really fascinating. And I think he does a great job of that. And that was like very much in evidence. I just think it wasn't, I don't think it was as effective as a scary movie as some of his previous ones. And the story didn't really make up for it. The style sort of did because it was, I don't know if it did or not, but they at least committed to an over the top style that was like a, had some elements of like old sci-fi monster movie things. Also, I'm sitting here describing all of these things about the movie. I didn't even say what it's about. The movie is about a woman who starts seeing like visions of people dying and it turns out they're actually happening and she's not sure how she's seeing it and there's like a whole it gets wild like the reason wait uh is it like a premonition where she sees it before it happens or she sees it and she's doubting in her mind if it's real or not like a type of psychotic break type thing no it's she's seeing things as they're happening but she's not there at least as it appears at first oh so it's happening in real time she's seeing the vision and she's somewhere else and she later finds out that what she saw in the vision was actually happening in real life and there's a wreck like it's verifiably yes. true that it did happen oh okay well it was it really was like somebody had some good I, like interesting ideas and they just like didn't bother to follow through on all of it and it was like this style of yeah. very extreme but not very realistic like gore like ridiculous blood spurts and stuff like that it was it made an impression i'm not gonna forget it at least they committed to the over the top obviously i won't be watching this as a scary movie but i love the commitment did you see it in theaters or on hbo max on hbo max i'm gonna go out on a limb a very thin limb you know what i'm gonna go out <laughs> on a pinky and postulate that those kinds of movies, because they focus so much on the camera angles and the camera work, they kind of hope that people see it in theaters. So all of that special effects distracts you from the actual plot and storytelling. And because you saw it on HBO Max, you were probably able to focus more on the storytelling, which you're just telling me now that is. <laughs> yeah. Storytelling telling me. Anyway, that it's lacking. <laughs> and, you know, that's that on that. Yeah, but so much, uh, so much of his stuff that I like the best is like really understated. When I say camera angles, I don't mean like the one you were talking about the other day where they're like shooting bullets and flipping over the table and the camera's going over the table. He just does a really good job of taking like very classic horror movie shots where something would normally pop up in the background or like you'd see out of the corner of your eye and there's oh. nothing there. And then instead in shots that look very normal and straightforward, something will be there, keeping you from knowing what to expect at any moment just by the way he it like builds the tension but also keeps you guessing but i think that works better with a more subtle movie i think that was sort of lost in the all of the over the top all of the stuff <laughs> that was happening <laughs> what have i been up to my dear i'm going under it this week <laughs> under it i'm going all the way under it because what i tell you this week has been a bloody mess a mess all around i don't even get into it just take my word for it going through it i've actually started doing things where i actually carve out <laughs> is so terrible i carve out time in my schedule to consume range because i know that i have to come on here and talk about shit <laughs> <laughs> i literally start putting time in my calendar like remind me to watch x and when i saw that i think last week friday the new sex education season came out season three i think and i did start watching it it's okay <laughs> it's i don't think i think people <laughs> sorry I, have, I haven't finished the whole season which is why i don't have, I'll finish it hopefully before next episode and I'll let you guys know about it, but it's okay so far. Usually people like, especially for around season three is when some shows start to get stale because usually most creative writers write all of the creative stuff in the first season. They can stretch it to a second season, but by the time they get to the third season, they're like grasping for a storyline, a plot and stuff like that. So I think Sex Education has done a good job at least keeping some stable level of storytelling. It hasn't gone way off the cliff. That being said, they're not wowing me in season three yet, yet. Maybe there's more to come. I know people are like, I, first of all, I'm not one of those people who mind who cares about spoilers and stuff like that. I actually, I think I've said this on podcasts before. I actually want people to spoil stuff for me because if you spoil it for me when I go to watch it, I can already say because I like to watch stuff on two x speed. <laughs> <laughs> 
it's so much easier for me to watch something if I already know what to expect. So I can catch all the nuances of... Because mm-hmm. if I'm watching for the first time, I probably will miss a lot of the nuance of it. Yeah. Because I'm just trying to get, catch as much of it as possible. But if I have some working knowledge going in, I enjoy the show better. So I like spoilers. That being said, they're still peddling the juvenile high school, you know, the juvenile high school drama type thing where you kind of expect it. So they haven't given me anything that's unexpected yet. So that's what I'm waiting for. I also watched the show Leverage Redemption, which is a reboot. I don't know if you saw the first Leverage series. No. Eh, nobody did. <laughs> it's actually so stupid and cheesy. If I started watching this show today, I don't think I would keep going with it. <laughs> but only for the fact that I am invested. I have to see where they take the story. Yep. It's your standard show where it's a heist show. There's a group of con artists with different skill sets. And they all work together to steal stuff. But yep. it's kind of like a Robin Hood heist where they pretty much steal from bad people to give to the people that they hurt. Those bad people hurt, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. They're all like trying to seek some form of redemption in their lives because they've been criminals in their past lives and they're trying to you know, pay penance and whatever. Anyway, right. it's actually a decent show. It's very predictable. <laughs> you know they're going to steal something. You know they're going to give it to the good guys at the end. It just The only thing that changes is who the good guy is and what the story behind them take they take clients pro bono type work so it's a decent show i i have no issues with it whatsoever it's not in my opinion extremely creative it's like people who watch csi <laughs> or those cop shows you somebody's gonna die they're going to go to somebody's place of residence and ask do you know this person and that person is gonna lie and then they're gonna find out that person lied and they're gonna come back and be like you lied and then they're gonna have to confess and then they're gonna find the killer yeah we know what's gonna happen it happens every fucking episode mm-hmm. but we still watch it that's exactly the same case with the leverage yeah yeah if you're ever watching one of those crime shows and you recognize a guest star they're the murderer <laughs> like even if you don't know their name you're just like oh i've seen them in something they're the murderer <laughs> yeah 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 you're right you're right the third thing that i actually did the stuff that i scheduled to start watching today while i was simultaneously doing a million other things so what i was watching was squid game the reason why i clicked it is i, I looked on the list of you know netflix top 10 stuff in the u.s today whatever and i saw squid game was close to number one or it might have been even number one even i don't remember and every time i see a number one show on netflix that's not a u.s show i usually give it a try only for the difference of the i don't know if this makes sense a lot of storytelling in the u.s to me is stale most writers and directors and show people in in the u.s they're bound by what they think the american public wants so they're not going to make a show that they don't think the american public will watch and the thing is if you're going to make that kind of show you're going to run into issues of repetition because if the american public wants x and there are 11 shows all 11 shows are going to cater to what the american public wants so if there's another country that's making a show they're probably going to cater to their own people and their unique perspective of how they make that show is going to be different. And if it's number one in the U.S., it means it still works in the U.S. in that different format. Hmm. So it has to be good. It has to be good. Hmm. That's the way I reason it. But anyway, moving on. I decided to start it, and I wasn't disappointed. I don't know if you saw There's also another Netflix show called The Platform. No. No? Okay. I think this is brilliant. The Platform is actually also... It's Why do I have so much knowledge of this? This is so stupid. <laughs> The platform is actually, and it's it's like a a show that's a copy of another show that's called the hole. It's weird. I'll try to explain it to best I can. Think of this: there's a hole that goes into the ground, and it goes several stories. It's like building the Empire State Building in reverse into the ground, mm-hmm. and there are different floors. And what the whole show is is there's a platform in the middle of that hole. If this makes sense, which is why one is called the hole and one is called the platform but it's the exact same concept. There are people who sign up to be part of this quote-unquote experiment, this study, or maybe they're prisoners or whatever. They're just held captive in this construct. And there are people on different floors. Mm-hmm. And the platform holds a huge, decadent buffet. High-end food, all types of food you can eat, but there's a finite number of food on this platform. And it goes down each floor. And the whole thing is supposed to be a social commentary on the human condition as it relates to capitalism for the most part. So the greed of the human mind is the person on the first floor is going to eat as much of the food as they can because that platform only comes once a day. Mm -hmm. So by the time that platform gets to level 200, way below, there's almost no food left. The issue is some people at the very bottom will die of starvation. Those people who feel as though they are too good to fight for the food that's on the platform or eat the scraps of what came before them will starve. They will die. And every month, however, there is a random shuffle. Spoiler alert, if you haven't seen Platform, I'm just describing pretty much the whole setup of the platform. But it's still a good show, even if I spoil the setup for you. 
And every month, the order of who gets to be in what floor changes. Hmm. So if you were on floor number one today, you could be on floor number 200. And it, they don't actually tell you that there's an end floor. It's pretty much infinite. It goes down for as many floors as possible. So if you were on floor 200 or 230, next week or next month, when, it, when they reshuffle everybody, you can be on floor one. So how does your behavior change when you're in uh, floor number 200 versus floor number one? And what's tricky about this is if you're on floor 230 and you haven't eaten the whole month, you're probably going to kill your cellmate and eat them. <laughs> It's depraved and it's fucked up and it's twisted, but it seriously shows you how the human mind works mm. if you're put into such a construct, especially if you relay that construct to the way capitalism works. If you have a skill set that's going to earn you a lot of money in a capitalist society, you're probably going to be on floor number one. If your talents are the kind of skill set that doesn't earn you the kind of money in a capitalist society, you're not on floor number one. Mm -hmm. So that kind of, which is why like, you know, if people decide to start robbing people or they start to, you know, it, do other things it's because their skill set isn't rewarded by the capitalist system mm -hmm. and they have to do other so the whole thing is kind of like a social commentary anyway back to the show i was talking about i didn't mean to talk about the platform i meant <laughs> to talk about squid game apparently like the, the the whole concept is like a child game and everybody in this construct signs up for a game and it's kind of one of those rude awakening things where you all sign up for a game and they promise you a huge pot of money and everybody's like oh we're just gonna play this game and whoever wins gets the money but what they don't realize is once they get there the person who does not do well in each game or doesn't complete the task of each game, dies. <laughs> and they don't realize it until they start playing the game. And then all of a sudden, like, you don't finish a task like you should, a bullet. Oh. The reason why I like the show is there are infinite possibilities as to how you can write this plot. You can be as creative as you want. Mm -hmm. you, can, you can make an episode about, okay, what happens when people realize that everybody that they came into the game with dies? Do they form alliances? Do they start panicking? Or if they do form alliances, which ones are genuine and which ones aren't? And what are the alliances based off? Are they based off of a good friendship? Or are they just based off of like, okay, you seem to be the strongest person who is the smartest who does. So, those kinds. so you can write it any number of ways. And each new episode could be a different game altogether. So you can explore all those human relationships in that way, depending on what game you've written into each episode. So anyway, I think it's brilliant. On today's episode, we'll be discussing podcasts that's right this is so fucking meta isn't it we're discussing podcasts on a podcast that is a podcast so if you're listening to us chances are you know what a podcast is i actually tried researching things to discuss about making a podcast in this episode and fuck google google's a raggedy bitch because google kept giving me lists of podcast ideas rather than different perspectives on what it takes to create a podcast and i was like google thanks for nothing if that makes sense i guess the start question would be when did you first get into podcasts so I first got into podcasts in graduate school because I had a very long commute, almost an hour each way back and forth from home. And I was in the lab a lot of the day where I was standing around doing very rote tasks that were very time consuming. <laughs> it, I got into audiobooks at the same time, but podcasts just fill sort of a different niche of like consuming different types of content and being a little more short form than like a full audiobook. Um, had never really listened to them before, sort of got the impression that they were like pompous and annoying. And a lot of them are pompous and annoying. <laughs> they really are pompous and annoying. Oh <laughs> they my really, God. They really are. They really are. But I started to find some that had things I liked and you know, podcasts are something where they are recurring at some pace so it's not like i need a million different podcasts like once i had a few regular ones in the rotation i feel like ideally a podcast is something you want to listen to again and again and again like when the new episode right. comes out so i didn't need to listen to every pompous podcast <laughs> you know what sucks is when you find a podcast you really which is why i guess people start asking for podcast recommendations is when you find a podcast that you really like because the hosts are really fun you just you know whatever whatever mm -hmm. and then the host goes on fucking hiatus for six months yeah you don't get a fucking new episode what the fuck by the way i'm saying that as somebody who struggles to publish <laughs> episodes each week but it's all it's coming and i try to bring it you know give it to you every week but yeah sometimes you find a really cool podcast and you're like they haven't released one in fucking six months mm -hmm. what the fuck what the fuck and they don't they don't give any they don't tell you why they don't tell you when the next one is coming so you're just like uh so then you have to go find another podcast because the one you have in your rotation just fucking quote unquote ended mm -hmm. you don't know how or why when did you first get into podcasts? I don't, I actually don't know. Funny thing is, I think I actually got into podcasts as a result of Drag Race. Because mm. I didn't have the time. Because first of all, I like knowing what happens on Drag Race. <laughs> but I don't, like I said, look, I watch everything on 2x speed. And if I can multitask, a lot of things that I watch, I want to figure out what fucking happened. <laughs> I'm watching to know what happened. So if I can suck down what happened in a much different format and at a much faster rate, I'm picking that option. Yeah. I just need to know what happened. So for the Drag Race episodes, you know, they have Drag Race and they have um the Drag Race Untucked mm -hmm. and then they have all the other things that go along with it. I don't have time for that bullshit. Yeah. I can't sit in front of a good screen watching it. So what I do is I will find a podcast that reviews that episode of Drag Race. Listen to that podcast. That way I can plug my ears, do work and like 
cook dinner, do five things at the same time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So that's actually how I got into podcasts. So I would find a podcast that reviews something that I need to learn something about, like a show or something that I like, but I don't have the time to actually sit down and watch the show. So I just listen to, you know what I mean? So that's usually how it's worked. So I started off like with all the sibling rivalry podcasts. I, I was very averse to podcasts at the very beginning for the reason you just stated, because I think there's some level of narcissism that you have to, I don't know, you have to be a kind of narcissist to actually have a podcast. You know what's even worse? People who do, po- we're, we're going we're gonna to get into this later, but people who do solo podcasts, <laughs> that is, in my opinion, peak narcissism. Peak, my dear. Those people are mentally ill and they need to see a therapist immediately. Immediately. Because why would you sit there for an hour listen to your own self-talk? There's nobody to, you know, respond to you. There's nothing. Just And then you listen back three more hours to yourself to edit it. <laughs> You know, we're going to get back to that. Some people don't even do that. But anyway, either way, to me, it's just mental illness. I'm sorry. Okay, first of all, I'm not making light of mental illness. But honestly, though, that is peak narcissism. Mm -hmm. That just is what it is. But anyway. But even with a co-host, sometimes I'll mention... It's like, oh, I was recording my podcast with my friend, and I'm like, I know how I sound right now. Like, ah, I don't. Please don't. The narcissism just jumps out. You know this trope of everybody has a podcast now? Mm -hmm. It's actually a lot of people do have podcasts. Yeah. But what I find interesting is the people who have these podcasts, they themselves, I don't believe, have interesting opinions. (laughs) Or they're not good. A lot of people are not good at expressing themselves. Yeah. However, they will take every opportunity they can to remind you in conversation that they have a podcast. So if somebody says to me, oh, they have a podcast, I will give their podcast a listen. Mm -hmm. You have no idea how many times I've been extremely unimpressed by other people's podcasts. (laughs) Not be, and by the way, my acceptance rates for for podcasts is very, very low. Mm -hmm. You just have to have an interesting perspective of whatever it is you're talking about. You have to be able to explain it well. And at the very minimum, have a good sound quality. Some people don't even figure out how to do those three things. They just drone on about stuff that, even if it's not interesting to me, right? You just have to have a Anyway, but the point is, yeah, that's an issue for some people. If you listen to this podcast, obviously that's not the issue we have. So you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Let's tell the listeners your commitment to sound quality. When we first started this podcast, I had a god-awful like $10 microphone off of Amazon. And Olumide <laughs> drove from where he lives in Baltimore to where I live in Northern Virginia on January 6th. <laughs> Some of you may recall what was happening in DC on January 6th. Illumide, I mean, not that you like got off on the side the roads and of the took revolution. the tourist route, but you drove through DC <laughs> on the afternoon of January 6th to bring me a better microphone. <laughs> yes. I was like, that insurrection, fuck that insurrection. I'm not dealing with a podcast with terrible sound quality. We can fix this right now. And I mean, I think, honestly, I think it makes a world of difference. And when we had the guest for the, what I'm now calling the Airbnb episode, but it really was the TikTok episode. (laughs) Shout out to Laura. Hopefully he's doing all right. So on that episode, Laura was saying how, you know, the TikTok algorithm tries to correct for good visuals. Mm -hmm. So they want your videos to be perfectly high quality. I don't know if it's 4K or whatever, high definition videos. Uh, Laura was saying how, TikTok doesn't actually correct for good content. It just corrects for your video looking good. Mm. So somebody with a brick personality can have really good visuals and make it on TikTok because that's what TikTok corrects for. Mm. I then said, you know, there's something still to be said for having good visuals and good audio quality because even if you have a deliciously succulent personality (laughs) and your videos and your sound quality is absolutely rank, people won't want to stay to listen to you. Mm -hmm. That stuff grates people's ears. So yeah, no, I believe that at the very minimum, commit to good sound quality especially for if the podcast was five minutes long maybe i could stand five minutes of bad quality but podcast is usually long form content Mm -hmm. it's usually 30 minutes or longer so if you're going to be listening for something for 30 minutes oh please good sound quality is the minimum you can do minimum yeah so how did our podcast start well you might have more of the beginning of the story but i'll i'll say how it started from my end which was i was at home visiting family over christmas and I get a text from Illumide saying, do you want to co-host a podcast with me? <laughs> I have an idea. I want to do it. But I don't want to just, as you said, a single person monologuing a podcast, <laughs> mental illness. And you don't have that particular brand of mental illness. So you wanted a co-host <laughs> for your podcast. <laughs> and yeah. I said, well, my voice sounds really annoying recorded. But if you can deal with that, I'd love to co-host a podcast with you. <laughs> and the rest is history. And, the, and I'm glad you said yes. I don't even have a good reason, not one that's interesting enough. Okay, I guess I can be vulnerable in this podcast since we're all in this together. In the very thickest part of the Panasonic, I had a lot of time to just sit home and think. Which, by the way, I'm not going to hail myself as the most introspective person of all time. I'm not. But I usually take the time to think about everything as best as possible. But I have had even much more time in the pandemic. What did you just call it?
call it? What, did I call it pandemic? Yes. Shit. In this pandemic Lovato. <laughs> <laughs> Me being left alone with my own thoughts, living alone for a long amount of time is a dangerous thing. This is how people get to psychotic breaks. This is exactly how they get there. But because I was trying to avoid thinking so much, what I would do is I would throw myself even more into work. Mm. So I was burning myself out on work just to avoid being trapped with my own thoughts living alone. What I figured was a good idea was, okay, I have to start a project. It doesn't matter what it is. A project that then takes up some amount of my brain space. You know how I asked this a couple episodes ago? Why do we do this to ourselves when we're going through it? And then we put more shit in our docket for things to do? Yeah. This is what this is. Yeah. I, I have is. so much shit going on that I was like, but my brain is running itself in circles. So I need to create another thing for me to do so that that takes my brain away from running circles of itself. Mm-hmm. So I was like, but it has to be something that's recurring so that it's not the case where I'm okay for a week time and then the next week I go back to being like completely out of sorts. So I was thinking of projects to do. I was like, what's something I could do? And I was like, um, a podcast is a decent idea. I think it's going to be a recurring thing and it's creative enough that I can have a different opinion so I was like, I need someone to do this with. And of course, you and I have been friends for, actually, you're one of my longest friends that I've known for a really long time. And I also, I know a couple of friends are from the long time we met that I feel like, but I was like, a lot of these people are, um, sorry, if you're my friend and you're listening to this, I'm not talking about you. But some of the people that I know are dense. They are not interesting people to talk to. You know how like you have a conversation with someone and you're like, oh, I enjoy talking to this person. Some of those people are not like that. That's one. And even if they are like that, and maybe they're interesting people, are they reliable? Mm. Because the commit, oh my God, the commitment to actually publishing a podcast weekly, my dear, it is work, work. You have to show up at the time that you agreed to record the episode. You have to record the episode. You have to, it's, so I don't want somebody who's going to flake every week, every other week. And I have a lot of people that I know are extremely flaky, unreliable. I'm like, I can't start a podcast with a co-host that doesn't show up half the time. We won't publish anything weekly. (laughs) So anyway, so obviously I was like, you, you're the one. And if you had said no, honestly, I don't think this podcast would have been a thing because I wasn't going to ask anybody else. I just wasn't. I was like, if Christy says no, I have to figure out another thing to do. <laughs> That's going to be that or that. But anyway, I'm glad you said yes. And so far, I've been having a blast doing it. But anyway, that's how um, the podcast started. And I'm happy to say it actually has been helpful. I don't sit and... Because at least once a week, I get to suspend my bullshit. I'm glad I said yes, too. It's been a blast. Yes. <laughs> I was I was like 50-50 on whether you were serious. But I was like, if he is serious, I'm definitely in. But I was like, I have, I have no idea. Yeah. It just came out of nowhere. From the day you said yes, I think we got the thing up and running. Not even a week and a half after that. Oh, yeah. It was very fast. People don't understand this. I always say, I want to be on the other side of things as fast as possible. And people don't understand. If I say I want to do X, by the time I say I want to do X, I have already sat in my brain thinking about all the million ways I can actually do that X. And I've already cataloged which one is most probable to get done faster. So as soon as I verbalize it and I say, ah, I want to do X, my dear, I've already, when I said, do you want to do the podcast? I had already figured out, I had already looked up the kind of equipment we need. I had already looked up exactly how to, I I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing, but I know the format that it has to be. And I know exactly what I want it to be about. So when I asked you and you said, yes, I was like, let's go. What are we waiting for? Are you free next week? Let's start. (laughs) I think you already had a logo. (laughs) I I had a logo made, my dear. This is what I mean. I was, I was looking for ways, uh, things to take my mind off of running itself in circles. So when I was bored, I would just go ahead and figure out how to make a logo for a podcast. I would go ahead and figure out how to make the intro music. I would go, by the way, for those of you who don't know, I think we referenced this in one of the podcasts that we did previously. Yes, we did our own intro and outro music. We did our own logo. We cut and mix our own podcast every week. And at the very beginning, it's very obvious to know that we do it ourselves. <laughs> but I think we're doing better since the first few episodes. I do think we are. So shout out to us. Shout out to you. Uh, you do a lot. Olumide is not just the talent. He's the producer. <laughs> <laughs> So he does most of that stuff he just listed. So And we bring it to you every week. Sometimes late, but we bring it. We do our best to bring it. And we're glad you guys stick with us. It's great. So back to what makes what do you think makes a decent podcast? I will start because this is what I want to see in the podcast that I listen to. I've said this already, but I'll say it a different way. The personality and the unique perspectives of the hosts. Mm -hmm. Hosts or hosts. Because I'm technically not listening to a podcast for the actual content. (laughs) I swear to God, I'm not. Are you serious? If I care about the facts of whatever it is that you're saying, I can read it much faster than you can say it. Mm. Yeah. So I'd rather just read the facts. If I'm coming to you, what I want to hear is your very unique perspective and how you view that thing, whatever the fact is. Yep. Yeah, I agree. It's one of my favorite podcasts is 
It's called the Fantasy Footballers. So it's a it, it's a fantasy football <laughs> podcast. It's about like fantasy football strategy and information and news, which obviously there's a million things you can read about that. But there's it's three hosts and they're just very funny and have great chemistry with each other and do a really great job of maintaining all of these inside jokes so that longtime listeners really like have a lot of things to key in on and keep track of and laugh about, but also making it very funny for people who literally just tuned in or can only listen to like one episode on a particular topic that looks interesting and it's also things like you get to know the hosts and like the three hosts are andy yes. mike and jason i've come to trust jason more than the other two so if there's an argument <laughs> and they're all very divided i go with jason's opinion <laughs> and that's that on that and that is that on that you know what you've just brought up being something i one of my favorite podcasts is the i said what i said podcast mm-hmm. and they're so they're two ladies they're both nigerian they live in lagos and they just talk about what it's like living in Lagos. Mm. Right there, that is a content mine. <laughs> you could, there's th- That city where I'm from, my hometown, my dear, there's so much to talk about. But the funny thing is for the longest time, because, you know, most podcasts don't have visuals. They had like a cartoons of the two of them sometime on some of their stickers and stuff. And I couldn't tell which voice went with which face on oh, the sticker. Oh, yeah. I had it swapped in my head for the longest time. I was like, this is FK and this is Jala. And for the longest time... I had it swapped. They've been doing the podcast since 2017. And in 2021, they decided to release video content with each episode. And I was like, oh, I've been listening to these ladies for three years and I had them fucking wrong in my head. It was the backwards. The voice that I thought was FK's was actually Jolaz. And the one that I thought was Jolaz was actually FK. I was like, oh <laughs> my God. So people who are listening to us who don't know what we look like, first of all, it's obvious. You can tell, you can't mistake my voice for Christie's though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that, that I think is easy. But like, you can listen to somebody for so long and have no idea what they look like. But you pretty much know them as a person. Because if you've listened to us for like 39 episodes, you pretty much know the kind of person that I am at yeah. this point. You know, I'm going to come on here and call somebody a raggedy bitch. You know, I'm going to come on here and tell you I'm unamused about something. And when I'm really going through it, you know exactly what I'm going to say. Yes. <laughs> so. But yeah, I think that really makes something that you come back to a podcast for. Yeah. Forming these like para relationships with people on the podcasts it's very funny yeah. <laughs> you have to figure out what day to publish which there's some data that suggests you should publish during the week not the weekend but we found in our experience that that shit don't matter yeah if we, I, I can't figure out whatever time the people who listen to your podcast are most available to listen to it is when you should publish but everyone who listens to your podcast is not available all at the same time yeah if that makes sense right. so as long as everybody's subscribed to the podcast when it's released they will get a notification saying, oh, a new episode is out and they'll just get to listen to it whenever they get to listen to it. Mm-hmm. You can't control that. That just is what it is. So people are trying to like publish at the optimal time. I guess there could be some benefit to doing that, but just put the stuff out. Yeah. People will get to it. We can't like, I released the episode at, for 1 a.m. on Tuesday. Why haven't we? They're going to get to it when they get to it. Yeah. Don't stress yourself out over Especially it. Especially if it's a topic that's not like time sensitive. Like some of them are news based or like event based. Yeah. So if it's tied to something like the fantasy football podcasts, like oh, they're yes. they're tied to sense. like the game times or like there's a, a writer who every week, his name is Drew McGarry, who does this column on like the upcoming football games called the Jamboree, which actually this is a <laughs> an aside from podcasts, but just talking about releasing things consistently. Um, so the Jamboree column would always come out on Thursday afternoons before the first football game of the week on Thursday nights. And it was not always oh. the same time on Thursday afternoons, but it was always like early Thursday afternoon. So I would I would look for it because I liked to read it before that Thursday night football game. And there was one yeah. Thursday where it just didn't come out and didn't come out. And it was getting like later and later. And people are like joking about it on Twitter. And then people are like more serious about it on Twitter. They were like, where is Drew McGarry? Like, where's the Jamboree? Like, <laughs> what's going on? I need my Jamboree. And like nothing for days. And I'm like, it, it's just like one, just one random author who's fantasy football, or not even fantasy, just regular football column I read. And I'm like scrolling Twitter. I'm like, what happened to him? It turned out he w- had a really bad like medical accident and was in the hospital. No. So I was like following this whole saga because... Because every third, I had read this thing every single Thursday. If our episode is more than a week late, <laughs> check on us. Yes, send thoughts and prayers. But if it's two days late, don't be surprised. It's just, we're yeah. just going through it. If it's it. two days late, we're going through it. A whole week late, thoughts and prayers. Send, <laughs> thoughts it. And prayers. send it. You know what? I'm going to take this opportunity to roast all you podcasters out there. You raggedy bitches. If you are going to do a podcast, get a microphone that has a range of 20 hertz, to 20,000 hertz at the minimum. If your microphone does not have that kind of dynamic range, sh- sit the fuck down. <laughs> and the thing is, you know what? Again, 
Somebody's going to hear that and accuse me of being elitist because what if you can't afford such a microphone, a studio quality microphone? Or you know, the other thing is like, okay, let me put it to you this way. If you just want to hit the ground running and just start publishing your content, if you start, because we actually started with um, so-so sound quality the first two episodes. Yeah. Sorry about that, guys. Yeah, well, mine was bad but because th we learned that you were recording me through Zoom and Zoom limits the sound quality that comes through. Yes. So even though like, I mean, I didn't have a good microphone, but I had a better a better microphone than the sound quality suggested because Zoom was limiting it. Okay, so here's the thing. If you're going to do a podcast, go ahead and get your sound quality together first. I think that's very, very, very important. And I'll try to explain why. Because chances are somebody who discovers your podcast, most people do the thing where they start in chronological order. And this is also a PSA. If you're going to listen to a podcast brand new, first of all, if you're already here, welcome. We love having you. Listen to their most recent episode first and then work your way backwards. Yeah. Because chances are, if you listen to the very first episode, they have hiccups. Mm -hmm. And if you listen to it and you know the sound quality is bad, they don't have the format figured out yet, you'll be discouraged from listening to the rest of that podcast. Meanwhile, that podcast could be great. So if I had to give, you know, if you're going to start a podcast, don't half step the first episode. Make sure your sound quality at the very minimum is good because that's the first thing people are going to listen to when they start listening to your episodes. And if they don't like the way it sounds on the first go around, they won't give the second, third, fourth, and fifth episode a go. Which is why I'm like saying, please wait until you have a good enough microphone to start recording because that actually will impact your viewership. Yeah. Um, but that being said, though, if you're a listener, start from the most recent episode first and mm -hmm. work your way backwards. Yeah. I agree. Also, back to roasting your raggedy bitches. For those of you who have been podcasting for five years, five fucking years, you are in your fifth season, you raggedy bitches, and your sound quality is still rank as a motherfucker. Let me explain something to you, raggedy bitches. You need to stop that nonsense. You need to stop it because there's no reason why you should be in your fifth season of doing a podcast because that means you are consistently terrible yeah. with the sound quality. <laughs> consistently for five years. Yep. What was the reason? What was the fucking reason? Also, if you're doing a podcast for five seasons and you haven't figured out a decent enough format. Now, by the way, some people, the thing is, somebody uh, somebody listened to us and then they were giving me feedback and saying how oh, the entire episode seems like we are just shooting the shit. I was like, I take that as a fucking compliment because the amount of thought that goes into the way we format the episodes, my dear, if it sounds like we're just having a good time and ki 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 keying, the amount of plan that went in the front end, you're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> you're very welcome. But yeah, no, uh, your format matters. You can play around with formats, but do it with intention, mm -hmm. please. Oh, also on sound quality. Not just about your microphone, also about things like background noise or clearing your throat into the microphone or like drinking a drink with a bunch of ice in it or... <laughs> wearing clinky jewelry, wearing playing with pens, jewelry. that kind of stuff. Don't do it. Yeah. If you have a fan blowing directly behind you when you're recording your podcast, you are a raggedy bitch. <laughs> I said what I said. <laughs> also, yeah, I feel even with that, right? I think if somebody's a listener sticks with you for maybe 10, 15 episodes, by the 15th episode, they kind of know if they, if they if they stick with you that long, they probably, they know your speech patterns. They know if you use filler words, mm -hmm. they know that kind of stuff. So they're okay with it. Right. But if you are going to start off, edit out as much as the blank or silent seconds, that's eating up time in your one hour show right there. Mm -hmm. And if your show is like three hours long because you didn't edit all that kind of stuff out, my dear, why? People listen to podcasts or podcasters don't have visual cues. So if you are talking about something that is in front of you, that both of you, if you have a co-host, can see and you can react to, the person listening to you can't see that thing. So you have to do a good enough job about describing what it is because it's an audio format. Mm -hmm. You can't have visual cues for an audio format and not, the person listening doesn't know what you're doing. They can't see you holding stuff up or that kind of stuff. If you're going to describe something, say for instance, we're talking about topic A, and then, you know, we switch to topic B and we come back to topic A and we go back to topic B. The person listening will do their best to follow your train of thought. But if you don't edit in such a way that it's easy for them to follow, which is the producing part of a podcast, right? If you and I start, talk, start talking about cars and I switch to lasagna and then later without any like cues, I just like, yeah, back to cars. Remember that? People are like, what the fuck? They can't follow you. Yeah. So you have to be very intentional about what segment goes where. Some podcasts use sound effects very well. Background music, I'm not a fan of constant background music, but, and sometimes sound effects, people just like use them throw away. But I think some podcasts incorporate them in very funny and clever ways. Right here, right now, this is a true crime hate segment of this podcast. For those of you listening, if you like true crime podcasts, I love that for you. Me specifically, I don't love that shit <laughs> because it's so bland. <laughs> it's a fucking book report. <laughs> You know they're reading off a script. That's a book report. Publish the book report. I'll read it. I'll read it in like literally 10 seconds. Meanwhile, your podcast is 30 minutes. Bitch, where? Why? And even the, you know, the fictional one where you can tell like it's somebody who's a creative writer who wants to write a really interesting story. My dear, what you're doing is an audiobook. We don't need that in a podcast format. Because your opinion and your perspective has nothing to do with it. You've written this thing and you're just going to, it's an audiobook. Why? Why are you doing this? Don't do that.
film. Well, the fictional ones sort of remind me of, and I think you pointed this out to me a while back, but they're similar to like radio shows that people used to do, like serialized yeah. radio shows. My husband and I have listened to, it was a it was a show on BBC Radio in I think like the 70s, but it's The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, which most people know is like yeah. a book, but it was originally a radio show that's fictional and it was really good. And I will say, I don't listen to a lot of fictional scripted podcasts because like, if that's what I'm looking for, I'd rather listen to an audiobook. but Welcome to Night Vale is excellent. I don't know if you agree with me. I'll fight you on it if you don't. Welcome to Night Vale. No, I haven't heard it. It's very good. I'm trying to think about what it is about Welcome to Night Vale that works. And I think it is being intentional about the format. It's like the format of Welcome to Night Vale is that it's it's told as if it's a local news radio station. Like it's a radio host mm. in this town called Night Vale and it's his radio show every week. And like there's characters that sort of things evolve over time, but it's all framed in this like weekly radio show. Mm. It's also just very funny. <laughs> I love Welcome yeah, to you can talk about paint drying, mm -hmm. but if your perspective is unique and you're really good at delivering it, yeah. it's kind of why shows like um, even Wendy Williams, when she started in radio, she was pretty much a gossip disc jockey. Mm -hmm. She, I mean, she'd play hip-hop and then she'd gossip and then she'd play more hip-hop. That format, I think, was unique to her. But before Wendy Williams jumped on the radio, we had gossip columns. What's the name of that woman who chronicled the feud of Joan Crawford and Betty Davis? Hedda Hopper. Her name was Hedda Hopper. Hedda Hopper was, for all intents and purposes, she was the mouthpiece of Hollywood in the golden age. If Hedda Hopper wanted to ruin you, she could with a single gossip column post. One. If she says on the gossip column post, your career is over, your career is over. So she had that much power, right? So, but it was a gossip column. It was in a written format. So when Wendy Williams came on the air, she was pretty much doing Hedda Hopper's job, but <laughs> the way she did it was what made her popular. Mm -hmm. She had this really cool shock tactic and she knew exactly, you know, how to switch it up with the, the hip hop. Because if you came in for the nice, she always had a really nice banging hip hop playlist. If you came in for the playlist, you'd stay for the gossip and vice versa. If you came for the gossip, the music was bumping. So she did well. People didn't like it because, you know, they thought she was just ruthless in the way she gossiped about people. But my dear, don't judge Wendy Williams. <laughs> judge the people who come to it it's like yeah. if there's a market for something and somebody's supplying that market and you're judging the morality of the person supplying that market if that person doesn't supply that market because of human nature there are 200 other people who are lined up to supply that market mm -hmm. so what you should question is why is there a market for it yeah i love conversational and interview podcasts because once you find one you like like it's so based on the charisma and the presence of that person that it almost like doesn't even matter who they're talking to yeah. what they're talking about so like one of my favorites is why won't you date me which is Nicole Byer, who is a comedian. I think I've talked about it on here before. She's amazing. She's so, so funny. But it's a podcast about like sex and dating and she interviews celebrities. Celebrities. She's like not that big of a celebrity. <laughs> So she like has some like people you would genuinely consider celebrities and then some people who are lesser known. But she has some connection into the drag race community because she's had like all of these drag race queens come on there and talk about their sex yep. lives, which is amazing. Some of them are interesting just because of the person and some of them are interesting because of the guests. But the, the host who's doing interviews still has to be interesting. Um, right. But just speaking about like meta podcasts, one that I really enjoyed was called The Turnaround with Jesse Thorne. Jesse Thorne was the host and he interviewed famous interviewers about interviewing so that is so meta <laughs> so like he interviewed jerry springer was on the show oh really yeah i have to listen to this or like you know people who do like larry king that's who i was trying to think of oh r.i.p didn't he die you think so larry king jerry springer katie couric Warner Herzog, Audie Cornish. So like all of these people who host a bunch of different types of interview formats. It was really fascinating. Jerry Springer was actually like a very boring, he was like the most boring guest. It was very surprising. Yep. I was just about to say, funny thing is people don't realize, I think Jerry Springer used to be a politician before he had that show. Oh, really? He worked as a campaign aide for Robert Kennedy. So he was a mayor. Oh my God, Jerry Springer has a podcast. Everyone has a podcast. Every fucking person has a podcast. Jesus. Oh my God, Jerry Springer was the mayor of Cincinnati. Oh my God, he was? Oh my God, fucking Ohio, man. That tracks. Yeah, that's fascinating. I had no idea. But yeah, hearing Jerry Springer talking about being on the show was very much just like, whatever, man, it's my day job. Like... <laughs> I interview people, yep. I build up the drama. I don't I don't know what you want from me. <laughs> you know what I find interesting, though? When the opposite happens, say, for instance, Benedict Cumberbatch. Mm -hmm. I think he is a brilliant actor. Mm -hmm. But I've seen some interviews that he's done, and I'm like, this man is dancing real life. Shit. <laughs> you are not very bright, are you? <laughs> or maybe they are bright. They're just dull people to talk to. I don't even know. But anyway, I didn't love his interviews. I like watching Mariah Carey interviews, too. I think Mariah Carey is, in my opinion, top 10 most interesting people, period. In the world, Mariah Carey. 
Mm. <laughs> this woman, in my opinion, is a certifiable genius. And people, I think, overlook this. Every joke that has been told about Mariah Carey, Mariah Carey has figured out a way to capitalize on. <laughs> and yep. she's in on every single joke. You can't make fun. It's impossible. Every time somebody tries, some people have PR teams doing this for them. This is Mariah Carey. There is this show, I think it probably was um, Turkish Idol. Mm -hmm. It's like a Turkish spin-off of American Idol. There's this woman who tried to sing Mariah Carey's cover of it's a cover of a cover of a cover mariah carey has a song called without you and it's a cover mm -hmm. and this woman went to go on went to the show to sing without you and the phrase the popular chorus phrase in that song is i can't live if living is without you and the woman because she doesn't speak english she thought it was ken lee like the name ken lee so she went on this show and did this huge number she goes ken lee to lee booty without you she was trying to mouth the english words but obviously she didn't speak english she was just doing the sounds mm -hmm. And Mariah Carey, the next time she went on tour, when she put Without You on the tour set list, she took Without You off and wrote in Ken Lee. My dear, <laughs> I fucking died. She has a line in the song called It's Like That. And the line goes, them chickens is ash and I'm lotion. <laughs> it's supposed to be a club banger song. And there's this one line in there. If you listen, you're like, did Mariah Carey just really say that? <laughs> and if you listen to her song on Obsessed... <laughs> She has this line where it's like seeing rights for you like you're bathing in Windex. <laughs> Mariah Carey is known for being this really intricate songwriter where she can emote very eloquently through her lyrics. But she'll also write a song like this where it's like, the line is, why are you so obsessed with me? All up in my George Foreman. <laughs> it's so stupid because if you know, George Foreman, I think, was a celebrity who started making grills. Yeah. As in grills to barbecue stuff. Yep. <laughs> and Mariah Carey used it to mean all up in my grill. She's also managed to get a monopoly on Christmas. That wasn't by mistake. I know. That, that's what I mean. <laughs> when they asked her about JLo and she's like, who? I, I don't, don't know, know her. I, I don't know her. I don't know her. I don't know her. You just reminded me talking about media geniuses that we didn't talk about Montero that just came out. Okay. We totally skipped. We're like <laughs> the thing is, I haven't listened to that full album. But when I tell you, speaking of geniuses following Mariah Carey, Lil Nas X. First of all, you know that Mariah Carey gave him, you know, they did the handoff of the longest running song on the Billboard, whatever, whatever. It used to be Mariah Carey featuring Boys to Men for one sweet day mm. and call me by was it call me by your name montero mm -hmm. that got it mm. so mariah carey went over to do the physical handoff to give lil nas x a thing and you know what i bet another mariah carey song is gonna sit on that billboard 100 and lil nas x is gonna have to give it back to mariah carey <laughs> they're just gonna keep handing it back and forth at this point honestly that's what i yeah. believe lil nas x dropped the album i think it's called montero right we can talk about it next week if you want <laughs> so we can listen to it i'm not ready yes. and i think but the marketing campaign that he's done Mm -hmm. When I see him on TikTok with that fake pregnant belly doing skateboard tricks, yeah. <laughs> he's one. He, you remember? Look, I'm taking credit for this because I called this. I called this at the beginning of whatever the summer or whatever, well, the year probably when Montero came out. Mm -hmm. And I said, he already won mm -hmm. that album. Yes. For the, he, it hadn't even come out. And I was like, everybody else go home. He's already won. I was not wrong. I was not fucking wrong. Nope. Back to back. When Industry Baby, when he released that, I was like, okay, he's not fucking around with this album. And the funny thing is, the reason why I think he's a genius is he's now releasing videos that he recorded of himself two years ago when he predicted exactly what he was going to do to get to the spot. The video of him like eating pizza in 2019 saying, this is day one of recording so, 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 and so, and this is exactly what I'm going to do to get this album to number one. It was orchestrated. Everybody else go home. Everybody else go home. He already won. Lil Nas X, this is another plea for you to be my fucking goddamn love of my life because I'm tired of these streets. Speaking of news, NPR podcasts are like a whole ecosystem. Some of them are good. I can't say some of them are not good, but like when I had an impression of podcasts before I started listening to podcasts of them being like pompous and like sort of self-absorbed yep. it was the npr podcast when i tell you i considered listing your podcast on npr i actually for big empty purse i went through the trouble to make sure we were not listed on npr yeah. <laughs> i can't i cannot be npr no thanks the pompous npr all, they are like political correspondents pundits they, they they just as if their opinions have so much heft mm -hmm. they say it with this level of self important but i'm like okay okay mm -hmm. nobody gives a fuck the people who listen to npr they'll show up and quote something that they heard verbatim from i was like motherfucker that's not fact that's somebody's opinion yeah 
Oh, but then just like even on the same subject matter, they can be very different styles of podcasts. Like I mentioned earlier, the fantasy footballers, which is like hourish long episodes. They're very conversational, but they do also like go through a lot of information on fantasy football versus I also listen to one called the Late Round Podcast, which is fantasy football, but they're literally like 10 minute episodes and it's just straight statistical analysis. Like it's this dude just being like, oh, here. <laughs> I'm not here to give you like my random opinion. He's like, this is the most important statistical things that I've figured. And it's actually, it's really cool because his stuff, he does really great analyses that get referenced on, like I see his analysis get referenced everywhere else. So I'm like, I may as well just listen to him. He's clearly like the expert on this. So like there's different, a lot of different formats. I've tried in like exploring podcasts to explore topics that I'm interested in otherwise. Like I'm a big horror movie and horror book fan. So I did some dives into like horror podcasts, but a lot of them were like, I'd rather listen to a horror audiobook. I think one of the big ones that comes up when you think about horror podcasts is Lore, which is a nonfiction podcast, but it's about like, it's it's like a history podcast, but it's like creepy and, and all of that. I use it to fall asleep. I listen to it to fall asleep. Oh, he's got a very soothing voice. <laughs> it's like really fucked up stuff through history. It'll be like talking about like burning witches at the stake, but he just has a really soothing voice. And so I fall asleep to lore. By the way, I also hate self-help books. So mm-hmm. in the podcast format, now nah, I really hate that shit. If it's a solo hosted self-help podcast, <laughs> that's like the, the peak pinnacle of... I hate, 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 hate. Like I put that even worse than NPR motherfuckers. Those podcasts, all the way garbage. All of them. Mm-hmm. Every last one of them. I don't mess with those. Um, They're also finance podcasts, which I can understand why people would like that. Sponsorships and ads in podcasts. So a lot of podcasts, for the most part, are free. As long as you have a subscription to the place where this podcast is being distributed. But some podcasts, because, you know, the podcasters, they want to make the actual podcast profitable, they will solicit sponsors. So, you know, if you listen to a lot of the drag queen podcasts, they'll say, get Manscaped so you can trim your nethers. They have the commercials in there. Mm -hmm. Or they, you know, they Squarespace, the RuPaul and Michelle Visage podcast. They will push spirit. It's a website that you can build in less than 10 minutes. Here are some reviews of people who have used podcasts. They love the new podcast. They love the new website that they built using Squarespace. I understand it because the money has to make sense. As a listener, I'm like, if you are going to do a sponsorship, make whatever it is that sponsorship you're including your podcast. It has to, you know, you have to put your personality into it. You can't just be reading off a script for the sponsorship, which I get. Like, mm-hmm. get your money. By the way, if you would like to sponsor the Big Empty Purse podcast, email us. We will advertise your products. Email us at bigemptypursepodcast at gmail.com. Thank you. <laughs> Some of them are so lulzy on the Why Won't You Date Me for a While. Her podcast, I think, just got bought by like a, a bigger like podcast company. But like in the earlier episodes when it was like a little not as well known the ads were for shit like psychic phone readings <laughs> it was fucking <laughs> hilarious <laughs> weird shit like that although if you are a psychic phone reading company forget what i just said will <laughs> <laughs> so that concludes our episode on podcasts thanks everybody for joining us you can find us on twitter instagram and tiktok at big empty purse Tweet us, message us, make fun of other podcasts, but don't criticize us. Let us know if you'd like us to talk about something else, maybe something less meta in the future. (laughs) On next week's episode, we'll be talking about, it's actually to be determined, you should show up, we'll be here, and we'll definitely let you know then. Until next time, peace.